Well, it's a very good afternoon and welcome along. Dennis Stewart, good to see you again. Dave, how are you? It's so good to have you here it's, with it's us. It's a long time since uh, we've done a session together, Dave, isn't it? It's how years, many years would it be? Years, many years. Oh, a long time. You're still <laughs> looking pretty good, though. Oh, thank you. That's kind from you. Very kind words. Now, we've got a great topic today. We're going to look at how far has herbal medicine travelled through the years and the changes you have obviously seen. Look, I thought that would be a good topic to, to um, get the program going, keeping in mind, of course, that frequently when we start off with a topic the switchboard becomes busy and we have to take calls and we're happy to take calls but we've got a little program we'd like to get through i've got a call for you right now kerry joins us from cessnock dennis hello kerry yeah hello dennis how are you going i'm well how are you bad i was just wondering whether there's anything that we can take herbally that will help in um a long haul flight to the usa uh as far as jet lag goes, is there anything that we can take to prepare ourselves or recover from? So you're looking at something that will hopefully allow you to relax on the plane? Yes, exactly. And, and, and probably sleep while you're on the plane and, 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 and get off the plane rather refreshed. Is that uh, what you're thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, if I were going to do a long-haul trip like that, I'd make sure I'd have in my pocket some carver tablets. K-A-V-A. Carver is a herb, and it has a number of properties, but one of them is that it's a very gentle relaxant and is very useful for inducing or promoting a bit of sleep. It's one of the most useful uh, devices we have in herbal medicine when used properly to address sleep problems. It won't bomb you out. It's not something that's going to wipe you off the face of the planet, so to speak, but it's a very, very, very useful relaxant remedy, both the people that fear getting on the plane and both the people that want to relax and ideally get some sleep on the plane. So I'd uh, whip down to, to Mark Brown in the Govida stall there in the, in the Woolworth Plaza, talk to Mark and get hold of a preparation with some carver in it. So is that in, that's obviously in preparation for. What about recovering from jet lag? Is there anything now, that helps? Are you, are you talking about uh, the the tiredness, the weariness, the fatigue, etc., that uh, is likely to? Uh, yeah, to, to, yeah, exactly. When you get when you get back, you're going to feel as though you're uh, you're needing to go on holiday again. Oh well, pretty much when we get there, because I don't want to be um, you know take three days to re- no. recover. Well, again, here you've probably heard me speak about a preparation known as Astragalus 8. Now, Astragalus 8 is a great so-called tonic remedy, and its use is mainly in addressing fatigue, uh, tiredness, weariness, admittedly mainly associated with, uh, with infection and viral activities, but it's also used as a general tonic preparation to promote uh, improvement in performance. In fact, sometimes it's referred to as an, a performance-enhancing supplement. So again, I would suggest that uh, when you get off the plane, uh, you start using some Astragalus 8. Again, it's available from Mark. Uh, it would come in a nice little packet. There's no problem with it as you go through customs. I'd start taking that when you get off the plane. All right, there you go. Hopefully that helps you, Kerry. Thank you so much for your call and your input into the program. 49216216. If, like Kerry, you would like to get through and be part of Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. Let's take a look at this, Dennis. It's been over 30 years now you've been practicing herbal medicine. Today we're going to explore some of the changes and how it's come along through the oh, years. Oh, hasn't, hasn't, uh, hasn't it changed? Well, look, in some ways, Dave, it's changed. In other ways, it hasn't changed. I think the main change today is that uh, regardless of our uh, critics 
herbal medicine now is mainstream. It goes under the umbrella of complementary medicine. And I dare to say that there's not a listener out there who is not using some complementary medicine as part of their health routine. And I dare to say the majority of them would have some herbal supplement or herbal preparation as part of their complementary medicine routine. So in 30 years, uh, herbs have come from uh, a nondescript, uh, despised uh, supplement uh, into something that is now mainstream and an inseparable part of modern health care in this country. Uh, you are seeing a situation, even in Newcastle, where increasingly younger GPs are as familiar now with herbal medicine products as people like myself, and rightly so, and are sensibly making recommendations to their patients and clients. And you notice I said sensibly making recommendations as to appending uh, herbal medications to their treatment, a good example being the way in which many of my patients, having been to their doctor uh, for gut conditions, will come away surprised to when their doctor may have suggested that they try some slippery elm powder now, that would have been unheard of yeah. 30 years ago. Only silly people like myself suggested it was useful then. Well, it's very useful. And, and it represents, if you like, just one example of where a herb now is integrated into the mainstream and indicates the distance in which herbal medicine has travelled in 30 years. Let's go to Gorakanita. How are you there? Hey, go, Matt. Hello, Nino. Um, I just wanted to talk about rosacea. Oh, yes, rosacea, yes. Yes. Um, I've tried all the prescription medicines and everything. I've had it for like 10 years now. 10 years? Yeah. That's and, a long um, time. I found, yeah, I found the best thing I've been, like treatment that I've been using is just um, green tea with um, six dissolvable aspirins in it and apply that topically and it, um, it really clears up the rosacea. Okay. Well, uh, rosacea for people that might not know what it is, is usually a facial condition characterised by redness of the cheeks and sometimes pustular infections of the cheeks and even the nose. Now medically it's managed usually with uh, antibiotic agents and particular topical applications. This gentleman is managing his condition, he says, by using a topical application based on green tea. Now why would green tea have some benefit in a condition like this? Well, I'm, I would make a suggestion here, uh, Dio, that what's happening is the, the green tea is a very astringent substance and contains a particular bracket of agents called catechins. Now they, when they're applied topically, would have a very astringing effect, that is a tightening effect on the skin and the tissue. Now indirectly, indirectly, this could carry out uh, a natural disinfectant or antimicrobial effect that could address the infection and also have an effect on the small blood vessels by constricting them and maybe lessening therefore some of the redness. So the use of the green tea, and I have not used it so I can't vouch for it, but I don't doubt your claim to benefit with it. If there is a benefit coming from it, it would be understandable on the basis of the chemistry of green tea, the constituents that carry out this astringent function, which is both, if you like, a disinfectant and a vasoconstrictive effect on the small blood vessels. So a good start. What I'd suggest, however, for patients out there that, or clients out there, that battle with rosacea, that uh, don't overlook, don't overlook the preparation known as the GA cream. I'll pause while you jot that down.
The GA cream is a preparation um, which is based, believe it or not, on an extract of licorice. Uh, and even though the preparation is white, it is a licorice-based preparation, licorice being a very well-defined uh, anti-inflammatory agent and sharing characteristics similar to cortisone, but of course not being cortisone. And my best management over the years uh, for topical management of rosacea, particularly in, in the more moderate levels and particularly where uh, antibiotic therapy is not being accessed, is the use of the GA cream. So don't overlook that, but take on board what the uh, the uh, listener has said, I'm intrigued with the potential of green tea. I'm a great fan of it, uh, but that's the first I've heard of it in use in rosacea. You're listening to Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. We continue with calls right now in Newcastle. Geo, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. So good. Thank you very much. Uh, you talk about Geo, Geo Cream, the same, same name, you know? There you go. <laughs> We've got something in common. <laughs> Yes, very good. Congratulations, Mr. Stewart, uh, for wonderful, wonderful for the community you do, everything. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk about eczema. Yes, I know a bit about eczema. That's what got me into this profession many, many, many years ago. Uh, dry, dry skin, you know dry skin? Yes, I do indeed. Yeah. You, you, you have to take cream or better a capsule. Okay, look, um, do you suffer from eczema, do you? Yeah, winter, winter very bad. Okay, but in summertime it's not too bad? No, not too bad, not too bad summer. Now, during the wintertime, are you keeping your skin uh, nice and moist and uh, using a moisturiser on it? Coconut, yeah, coconut butter. Well, coconut's a good topical application, but I'll let you in on a little secret. One of the best topical agents for dry skin eczema conditions is what's known as the infused oil of chickweed. Ah, chickweed, yes. You would would have heard or or known of chickweed. Well, chickweed chickweed after 35 years is still one of my favourite topical applications for eczema. But what I learned years ago was that it is, was popularly used in Europe and popularly used by some of the older English herbalists that taught me that uh, by soaking chickweed in, in olive oil and letting it stand for a number of weeks and then decanting the oil, you produce what's called the infused oil of chickweed. And to this day, I still use that preparation as an agent to address dry skin eczema conditions where the chickweed functions as an anti-itch an anti-inflammatory agent, and of course the olive oil functions as a lubricating agent. So uh, despite what you might be doing, don't overlook the benefits of chickweed oil. All right, now he's been waiting very patiently for us. He's at North Arm Cove. Hello, Ian, how are you? Very good, thank you, very good. Hello, Ian. Yeah, hi, Dennis. Uh, First off, uh, thanks for your show. It's uh, most enlightening. I try not to miss an episode. Thank you. Um... I've been taking Slippery On now for yes. uh, close to 12 months. Yes. And I've been buying the same uh, brand. Yes. Uh, I buy it in a 125-gram bottle. Good, And um, of late, I thought, well, okay, I'll try and buy it bulk. So yes. I purchased a kilo of it. Yes. And uh, it is totally, totally different. It's yes. uh, chocolate in colour. Yes. It doesn't mix with water, whereas the previous one I was taking, uh, I'd mix it into a paste and then uh, dilute it further with water and drink it. And it wasn't a, a kind of a nondescript taste about it. But anyway, I got used to it. But now, this new one that's almost like dark chocolate... Um, it might not it be slippery on. It might not well, be slippery on. No, true. But uh, I, I 
contacted the supplier and they said, oh, it's because the product you've been taking has probably got fillers and, uh, and all the rest of it. You were using a powder before, were you? Yeah, always used a powder. Well, but it was kind of a fawny, that's correct. fawny that's brown colour. In all, in all, uh, in all the years, the one, mm, in all the years that I've been using slippery elm, and you know I've been using slippery elm a long time, it has mm. always been a fawny coloured agent with a malty smell, and very yeah. easy, very very easily uh, mixed with with water or milk. So I'm intrigued uh, by what you're using. If uh, what I would say is this. I'm pretty good at recognising and identifying herbs, as you might expect after 35 years of working with them. Drop in a sample or send down a sample to my rooms to 39 Alma Road, New Lambton, and I'll let you know straight away whether it's Slippery Elm or not. And we're exploring how far has herbal medicine travelled over the 30 years that you've been involved in it locally. Dennis, take us back to the very early days when you started out. What was it like saying you were going to do almost alternative medicine or herbal medicine? Uh, very unusual. You, you have to recollect that uh, in those days, uh, herbal medicine was virtually despised, seen as quackery, having no basis to it, and no role to play in modern healthcare. And I was functioning as a young, secure engineer in Sydney, a Newcastle boy, having been uh, through the ropes here, made good in Sydney, public service job, future forever, best view in Australia. And 20, you left that. And, and uh, I happened to be in Sydney, thank God for Sydney, at the right time. And even though I was a good engineer, I, um, as I said earlier, I had experienced eczema. And it was my battle with eczema that caused me to investigate other systems of healing. And I became fascinated, particularly in herbal uh, medicine. Was there much that mainstream medicine was doing at that point of time for eczema? Not much. Uh, basically the same as today, oral steroids and topical steroids. Oh, yeah. And uh, fortunately, I was in Sydney at a time where herbal medicine was beginning to be taught. And usually, though, by older practitioners, very old men who had stood the test of time and were on the verge of retiring. And the Herbalist Association that used to meet regularly in Newtown, they were down to about, oh, no more than half a dozen very elderly retiring men who were geniuses with herbs but lived in fear of being ostracised and thrown across the newspapers. Well, I studied with them and studied with others uh, from the UK, etc., and finally uh, graduated and became a member of the Herbalist Association in the early 70s. And that's when I decided to leave engineering and move into herbal medicine. Uh, my father, having thought that I had uh, lost my marble, so to speak. Um, but, of course, the rest is history. I established um, a very large practice in Sydney at Warunga and was asked to teach herbal medicine uh, at the New South Wales College of Natural Therapies. And I taught... Uh, the first three-year full-time program in herbal medicine from St. Leonard's and graduated the first large cohort of professionally trained herbal medicine students, and that was in the late 70s, early 80s. And then, of course, as you know, I became associated with academic teaching even at the university campus here in, in uh, on the Central Coast. And um, I've held practices in Newcastle, as you know, since the 80s. I came back home uh, from Warunga in the 80s. And the moment I arrived back home here, it was almost as if I'd never left. And, of course, it's just continued on. But now, of course, largely as a result, I would think of my influence uh, and uh, what I've done. There are many others now teaching herbal medicine 
and many more people practicing herbal medicine. Uh, so that's the big change. Dennis, tell us about those difficulties you must have had because you must have been advising people that came to see you in those yep. early days and then their normal GP. Yep. Yep. What was that like? Was there a bit well, of friction there? There was, but I've always held the viewpoint, uh, and you know me well enough to know that I'm a very liberal and balanced person. I have never uh, deliberately put down the mainstream and I have never deliberately contradicted yeah. uh, a medical practitioner's treatment. I may regularly have suggested to a patient or client that they discuss an aspect of their treatment with their GP or even specialist, and I can't recollect too many cases, even from the beginning or now, where such courteous dialogue has been, has been uh, repudiated or knocked back. In the early days it was difficult because there were a lot of wacko people out there in those days, mm. and one can understand why the mainstream was ra rather suspicious of many wacko people out there that were giving all sorts of crazy advice. Most advice that I gave then was balanced. I've always treated only those conditions which are appropriate to complementary medicine. Complementary medicine is not meant to be a prime contact treatment. It's meant to treat civilizational disease, chronic disease, to treat those diseases that aren't doing well within the mainstream. That's our raison d'etre. And right from the beginning, I practiced that. There was some flack early. Uh, from some who didn't think that I should have been there. But all that has changed. There are still some reactionaries there. But these days I get asked to speak. These days I get asked to teach from, from the very profession that 30 years ago uh, said there was no place for us. But look, on the verge of my retirement, I'm an old man now, I can look back on a, on a transit with which I'm happy, with which I'm happy, mm. and I, I believe that what I've done will see sensible, modern, clinically trialled, scientifically proven herbal medicine become part of the mainstream much more vigorously than what it is now. That's wonderful. You've played a major role in that. Especially I think, in I, have. Area. Yeah, I, think yeah. I have. Would you like another call? <laughs> Why not? I've got Harry waiting patiently here. Harry's in Belbert. Hello, Harry. How are you doing? Good, thanks, mate. Yourself? Very good. And we've got Dennis here for you. Hello, Harry. Yeah, hi, Dennis. I actually see you in your rooms at Cessna. Oh, I thought <coughs> I recognised the name. I thought I recognised the name. How are you yeah. going, Harry? Good, mate. Good, good. Thank you. And yourself? Look, you're not going to believe it, but for the first time in, in I don't know how many years, I'm just getting over a cold. I'll, I'll call it a cold. It, oh, was, okay. it, was, it wasn't sufficient for me to stop consulting, but you can tell I'm a little bit croaky. But look, I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine. I'm doing well. Sweet. Now, listen, mate, um, I, you, I don't know whether you've, you've got my file in your melon or not, but I'll just give you a quick rundown. I, I've got bursitis in my shoulders and, yes, yes. and uh, arthritis in almost every yes, joint. Yes. Uh, and your stuff's working. That's the, that's the glucosaplex. Yes, and, yes. and various other things. Yes. Um, now, I was looking on uh, Facebook the other day, yes. actually, yeah, the day before yesterday. Yes. And I saw this new product that's on the market. Yes. And it's made only in Victoria at the moment. Yes. Which is called Karma Rub. K-A-L-M-A. Yes. Or K-A-R-M-A. Yes. Rub. And I just wonder whether you know of it and whether it would be... Um, Useful to uh, try. Yeah. Okay. My first response to that is, look, there are so many uh, products and topical applications coming on the marketplace for joint problems that it's pretty difficult to be there all the time watching them. But if you can tell me what the active principle, what the chemical constituent is in it, I'd be able to give you an opinion on its likely benefit. Uh, have, you, have you got it in front of you? Or? No, 
I don't, mate. Okay. I, um, okay. I don't know okay. how to use double, double, double fingers. Well, that's all right. Well, look, what, what I suggest you do, two options here. Um, as you know, I consult in Cessnock uh, the second Tuesday of every month, I think it is. Uh, you can bring it up and show me the preparation, or, if you like, if you like, ring the program again next Friday with the product in front of you, and I'll tell you then uh, what I think of the product based on what the product contains. Remember, if anything purports to work, there has to be an active principle or chemical in it that explains its benefit, and that chemical can only be a chemical that's either anti-inflammatory or analgesic. Let me know what it is, and I'll give you an opinion, mate. Good on you, Harry. Thank you for the call. We hope you do call us back next Friday. Now, Colette Graham's there. Hello, Graham. Oh, hello there, uh, Stuart. How are you? How are you, Graham? I'm good, thank you. Good, good, good. Yeah. I'm a great believer in your slippery elm and charcoal powder. That's not too bad, is it? No, they're good gear. I think it is. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, uh, I was just looking for something naturally. Mm-hmm. Because I had a, uh, some TIAs about uh, 10 years ago and had to have an op on my carotid artery. Yes. And they're starting to re-block up again, and I'm on some sort of blood thinner to try and stop. And I was just wondering whether there's anything naturally I could take that would uh, dissolve the plaque and get rid of it. You're on a statin, are you? Yeah, on a, a phantom yes. I am. Now, look, mm. your, your doctor's got you on the right thing there. With a, yep. with a condition like this, this is not an appropriate condition for a self-medication. Your doctor knows what he's doing there. That, stand, that treatment you're accepting there is good treatment and, in my opinion, is the best option and the best that modern medicine can offer you, mate. There you right, go. okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether there's some sort of gear you could take to, to sort of break. Someone suggested the EDTA. Uh, I'm not familiar with that, but no, look, you'd have yeah. to, ha- with something like this, any any sort of vascular condition that has been, uh, had to be medically or sur- surgically um, worked on, needs to be taken with great respect and only worked with in conjunction with those that are best qualified to do so, and they're your cardiologists, your general practitioner. At Gorakin, hello, Shane, how are you there today? Hi, well, thank you. Um, just thought I'd have a little word with um, Dennis. Please. Hello, Shane. How are you? I'm good, Dennis. Good, good, I'm, good. I'm ringing on behalf of my daughter. You have so much knowledge there on the eczema. Oh, yes. But she has what was um, diagnosed as follicular yes. eczema. Yes, yes, yep, yep. So the remedies that you say, would it work on that? <coughs> She's had it since her teens. She's now 29. Look, every case of eczema needs to be treated individually as you would expect Um, but I'll give you a few little clues that she may or may not have tried because uh, Mm. eczema has shown response to natural remedies first of all I would suggest that she contemplate using some oil of evening primrose orally and uh, oil of evening primrose use and she used that orally as an oral supplement primrose oil being one of the many recommendations that are made to address eczematic uh, uh, conditions and it's very yeah. safe and very economical and readily available and I, I usually start patients with any form of eczema on about 3,000 milligrams of oil of evening primrose daily, principle number wow. one. Okay. The second thing I would suggest is that she consider using uh, substances known as bioflavonoids. Mm-hmm. Now, bioflavonoids are natural substances, and there is one bioflavonoid called quercetin, 
Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Quercetin. Mm-hmm. Now, it usually comes with vitamin C, and it is the bioflavonoid most frequently recommended to lessen yeah. the inflammatory and sometimes the allergenic background uh, to some eczemas. So I'd supplement your daughter's uh, d- uh, diet with that. You would be able to get it from a good health food store. It usually, okay. com- usually comes as a powder and is, and is appended with some vitamin C. The third thing is, regardless of any eczema, all the literature that I have worked with and read over the years suggests that the herb heartsease, H-E-A-R-T-S-E-A-S-E, heartsease, botanically known as viola tricolour, that is still the most popular remedy used in Western herbalism and is the backbone of popular treatments in Europe for any form of eczema. That is a medication that would be offered in capsule, tablet or liquid extract form. It needs to be persevered with. It's very safe and I have got good results with it. And the final thing that I would say is that a topical application uh, based on uh, the GA cream would be something useful to apply to it to assess it. I'm treating a lass from Sydney presently who has a follicular form of eczema and she has done very, very well uh, using the topical preparation known as the GA cream. Now, there are a list of things. None of those things are expensive. There's self-help measures that will not interfere with anything your GP or your dermatologist might be offering you. But in my experience of eczema itself, taking personal responsibility and trying to take the thing a little bit further yourself frequently leads to the breakthrough. Every Friday from midday to one o'clock, it's Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart here at 2 and URFM, taking your calls on 49216216. Uh, we've got another call right now. Joining us in Newcastle, we've got Susanna. Hello, Susanna. Hello, Dennis. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, not as good as you, probably. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How can I help you? Yes, I've been diagnosed with lymphedema. Yes. I've had it for a year yes. now, and I've been told there is no cure. Okay. Is, that, is, it to, is it to do with your leg, is it? Yes, okay. my leg. Okay. Now, there may not be a cure, but there are some good management techniques for lymphedema. For the sake of listeners who are not aware of what lymphedema is, I'll try to explain it simply. It's a build-up of lymphatic fluid, usually in the periphery such as the leg, which makes the leg appear very swollen and sometimes look, looks like an elephant's leg. Now, this frequently occurs um, in people sometimes that have um, surgical procedures. Ladies that have uh, a breast cancer, for instance, frequently have some of the lymph glands removed from their, from their armpit and the arm subsequently develops a degree of lymphedema. Whether you have lymphedema of the arm or the leg, there's a couple of simple little things that you should try, and one of the most useful that you can try, and I kid you not, is to start to use what I've already mentioned, substances called bioflavonoids. Now, your GP would be aware of the benefits of one of those bioflavonoids called Rutin, R-U-T-I-N, Now, that is a very, very useful agent. It comes as a capsule, and there's a little product called Lymphodran, 
which my wife takes for a similar condition with good results. Get on to some bioflavonoids, rutin, lymphodrams, the product name, and of course don't overlook the use of compression stockings. Thank All you. Right. Yes, we're almost out of time today. Uh, yes. Hold on there. We've got Margaret on the line. Margaret, if you hold on, Dennis will talk to you off the air. If you don't mind holding on there, we'll get Margaret uh, on there and you can say hello to her. Uh, time's beaten us, but some wonderful calls today. Oh, Dave, it's been a real joy doing the program with you again after you. many, 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 many years. I know. We you won't make changed. it that long. We won't make it that changed. long anymore. Good on you, Dave. Thank you so much. And if people would like any more details about what you spoke yeah. about today, is there a contact number? Yes. The number for listeners to contact us on is always 49562321. 49562321. There you go. That is Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart. Back with us from midday again next Friday here at 2NURFM.